0: Hello and welcome to episode 182 of Pop Culturally Deprived, where each week we watch a movie I've never seen before, which is most of them, and talk about the good, the bad, and the cliches. This week we're going to be talking about A Life Less Ordinary on your Get Me God podcast.
1: I remembered why I wanted to talk about this film. Because last week I knew there was a reason. I knew something had happened that made me go, oh yeah, A Lifeless Ordinary. That's a film we should watch and talk about. And I could not remember why. And watching it, it suddenly came back to me. I watched that uh, film, Down With Love, that we were recommended ages ago. Yes. And it made me want to go on a bit of a Ewan McGregor trip. And this was kind of the next one of films I enjoy him in that I haven't seen in a very long time.
0: Okay, because I finally watched
1: Moulin Rouge a few months ago.
0: Oh wait, you would never see Moulin Rouge until a few months ago.
1: Nope, I pretty much refused it. Oh, it was awful. It's a bad film.
0: (gasps) No, it's not.
1: It's bad. It's a bad music video. (laughs) It's not even a good. Like if it was a good music video, it'd be fine. But it's not even a. Yeah.
0: I think I just really like the music, and that saves the whole thing for me.
1: Yeah. No, 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 no. Even the music didn't work. I think I'm not a huge Baz Luhrmann fan. Like, and to be fair, I've never seen Romeo and Juliet. So, yeah. But rewatching Great Gatsby recently, and that does not hold up, sadly. Okay. And that's not that old either.
0: No. Okay. Mm. Interesting. So did you see my comment in my thoughts, Doc, about how every time... Robert and this movie started yelling, all I could hear was Christian from Moulin Rouge. Okay, right. <laughs> I imagine when you were watching Moulin Rouge it was probably the opposite experience for you.
1: Yeah, because he's just you and McGregor, but I think I've seen a lot more of his and obviously he's been in a lot more over here. Mm-hmm. Um, He was in a show called Lipstick on My Collar, which I think is okay. a kind of 50s, 60s swing drama comedy thing. And other such things. Right. He's a very good singer.
0: Hmm. Okay. I've only heard him sing in Moulin Rouge.
1: Okay, and this.
0: Oh, yeah, he did sing in this.
1: <laughs> mm. Cameron Diaz is not a singer.
0: She is not, but this was the best I've ever heard her sing. She
1: She's a dancer, which is great, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, I was very my surprised first... when she even picked up the microphone.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. My first thought when she picked up that microphone was, oh, they're going to have dubbed her, right? Mm. Because this is supposed to be a good thing. But they didn't. But she... At least managed to stay in tune
1: Yes There is the thing that Like it comes across that she Knows she's not a great singer But she's still prepared to get up there And do the thing mm-hmm. She still has Hyper amounts of confidence
0: Yeah but all I ever think about Is is it my best friend's wedding Where she has to do this horde, like, And she cannot sing You haven't seen that either have you no. Oh Matthew
2: <laughs> It's
0: so
1: good Is it Is it?
0: No, no, yes. No, it absolutely is. That's one of Julia Roberts' best movies.
1: Well, well. (laughs) I don't think we've covered a single Julia Roberts film, but part of that might be because you've seen them all. I don't think
0: I've seen all of them. (laughs) I haven't seen, I want to say it's called Mystic Pizza, but I don't think that's right.
1: Yeah, no, Mystic Pizza. That's right.
0: I haven't seen that one. That was her first one, right?
1: Mm, An early one, definitely.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I have seen a lot.
1: Okay. Um, this is a slightly weird one to talk about. When when we referenced it last week, I couldn't remember whether it was a rom com or not. I knew romance was the like core of it, but rom com doesn't feel like quite the right description.
0: It's like a rom drum.
1: Yeah, I, I saw it described as a, a romantic black comedy. Okay, that I yeah. can dig. Yeah. And and watching it back now. So I I saw this when it came out. Not necessarily at the cinema, but I definitely saw it, I think, on video. And I own okay. it.
0: Okay? You own this? I own okay. this.
1: I own this. in, And the DVD case is one of those uh, very American-style sort of crystal fold-out cases,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which has a whole booklet insert, which is also the mm-hmm. cover of the case. And inside there, it has a section on your guide to DVD menus.
2: About oh how gosh. to use
1: the menus on a DVD. That's oh, that how old this old DVD, DVD is. Right? <laughs> I will, if I remember, I'm gonna I'll pop that up on Instagram. Wow. Um. And I don't think I've I've watched it really since I since I got it. And it's one of those ones that I might have just picked up because it was in a three for twenty sort of offer. Right. Obviously, since then I've watched fifteen hundred more, right. more films, a thousand more films, a lot of films since then. And I kind of get this film now. Where I.
0: I hope you can explain it to me (laughs) because I don't get it. Well, this
1: is the thing. So, when, when. I remember watching it and enjoying it because it seemed like a really interesting twist on the stuff you see elsewhere. You know, it's. It would be very easy for there to be a 50s film that is two angels who come down who try to get a couple together and it's. He's kidnapped her and they've still got to try to get them together. Mm -hmm. It's got some of that sort of flavour to it. But this is also... You know, it is a black comedy. It's weird and dark and it doesn't go to places you want it to go. And sometimes it's funny and sometimes it's dramatic. and It's got a whole mishmash of things. What I can see this film is now... Is someone trying to do the Coen brothers. Or Tarantino. It's a... Okay. Slice of Americana sort of film, or, or like Tony Scott. It's got a, a, a rings of like true romance, true romance. Um, <laughs> dear listener, I just got eyes rolled at me, so <laughs> this is going to be a good podcast. <laughs> no, um, in the in the same way, and this has got a number of actors from Coen Brothers films, frankly, but. In the same way, the Coen Brothers films were not well received early on because people were like, the, the weird mishmash of genres doesn't work. And sometimes it wants to be funny and sometimes it wants to be a thriller and sometimes it wants to be uh-huh. this. And over the course of their career, their films coming out, I think people got it. I think they uh-huh. got better at it is the right. other thing. You know, they they figured out like, oh, let's not do the weird jokes, but let's do, you know, funny jokes or stereotypes and so on. So, I think this film wants to be in that sort of genre, a genre unto itself of multiple genres and multiple styles. Except it's by Danny Boyle, who I'm going to talk slowly and double check that he is from Scotland? England. He's English. Oh, I thought it was Scottish. He's from Lancashire. And starring Ewan McGregor. It is a Ewan McGregor vehicle. You know, he'd done yes. maybe Velvet Goldmine and train spotting at this point, but he had not done much. Um, and, and like the DVD has a thing about his career and it's like has just been cast in the Star Wars prequels. Um, you know, it's a oh, very, yeah, okay. very early time. This is before he really made it, certainly in the US. yes. Yeah, so let's have a, a, I've got a quick look at his list here. Before this, his big films have been uh a, a, a okay-ish part in Emma, um, Trainspotting, Shallow Grave, and Brastoff. Off. Not in fact, Velvet Goldmine was the film after this, so he hadn't made it in the US, definitely. And I don't think Danny Boyle really had either, right? So it's really interesting to see some of this stuff written about small town America and you know corporate America and different things coming together
2: mm-hmm.
1: from someone who doesn't actually didn't actually grow up in that environment and that experience. There's, there's times in this film it feels like it's mocking where, and this is where the conversation might be hard, because because I think you've seen O Brother and Big Lebowski. Yes. For our points of reference. Whilst there are characters in those, you know, particularly you think of O Brother, it's not always mocking. It's sort of gentle and aren't uh-huh. these characters funny?
0: Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: I think. Not one hundred percent of the time, but more That's so fair. than this. This was look at the the yokels and the stupid people who will believe any lie from a pretty woman.
2: Huh.
0: I don't think I got that from this. Okay. Um, but it also may be because the only, the only characters that we had besides the angels. Robert and Celine and her dad were the weird neighbors and Felix the not dog, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so it's just the weird neighbor, I guess, would fall under that. Yeah. But I didn't view it as mocking so much as just this is a really weird dude.
1: Okay. Nice, nice. <laughs> because and, I've and seen
0: it... I mean, it did it did read a little bit like the person who wrote it doesn't actually know anything about living in
1: America. Mm, exactly. Yes
0: like you did get that sense a little bit. Mm. But I didn't I didn't feel like it was mocking.
1: Okay. Maybe uh, maybe mocking's not the right word, but that that's exactly the thing. Like the fact that he they've got someone doing this because I think the content of it, the story and the different things coming together is interesting and funny, whether it comes mm-hmm. off or not. Um but I don't think it works as well as someone like the Coen brothers, Tarantino. And others who write things about, you know, actual Middle America, right? Um, yeah, but I really love those two core performances and the, and the story. You know, the the difference between Ewan McGregor and Cameron Diaz and what they bring mm. out in each other. It's a timeless romantic story. It's <laughs> you know, it, it, but the, the core of it, he's actually a bit. Meek and just wants to get through on his life, and she's hyper confident but really hard because of it. Mm-hmm. And he softens her and she
0: elevates him.
1: Thank you. That's a better word than I was about to say. <laughs> um it, it, you know, I think we've seen that in a lot of films. But I quite like it being done through crime drama <laughs> and the whole sequence with her coaching him on the phone, where she's coaching him about how to be a, a hostage taker ransomer, dude. And it's just like the way he keeps saying stuff to, to or, you know, oh, Mr. Whatever, you know, ah, and she hangs up and then tells him the next thing to do. So we have to try again and again. Is that saying that Ian Holmes just constantly pick up the phone and hearing the start of this conversation and then it goes dead? <laughs> and Ian Holmes just sat there doing this all the time.
0: That's who that was. I was looking at him like, I recognize this man. Who is this man? it's bilbo that was bilbo oh my god okay (laughs) yes yes actually i think that is exactly what was happening there except then one time it was the secretary and then another time it was a a random person yeah (laughs) so who knows
1: brilliant yeah i like it i i like that it finally gets to that stage and it's like oh these are two very different people with very different sensibilities Mm -hmm. but the film's going to try and make them meet in the middle somewhere and fall in love in that middle point. Mm -hmm. Brilliant.
0: You and I have two very different opinions about this movie. Go on then. I mean, I didn't hate it, but Mm -hmm. I didn't, I guess I didn't get it. And there was a lot going on. Like the angels Mm -hmm. were weird. Okay. (laughs) Very weird.
1: Um, In what way?
0: Well, I mean, just the whole idea that the angels operate under the guise of a heavenly police station. (laughs) Where there are angelic prostitutes, by the way. I don't know if you clocked that. Seems to be. (laughs) (laughs) But their mission, then, is to act as these, like, angelic detectives who have to bring men and women, specifically, Mm -hmm. men and women, Together to fall in love. And they do this by any means necessary up to and including threatening to kill them. Like literally putting them in danger and shooting at them.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Sending a fake bomb. Uh Holly Hunter's characterization of an angel was just weird. (laughs) It was oddly sexualized and she couldn't decide on what accent she wanted to use.
1: No, that that I quite enjoyed. I I always think like is she just picking random accents to do as different characters?
0: Yeah, I mean I think it was she was, I think that was the point of the character. Mm. Like I think the character was choosing to do different accents every time she interacted with somebody different right. mm. and her role was slightly different.
2: Brilliant. But
0: as the observer, it just felt weird.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Um I mean, it it wasn't a bad movie. It's certainly not the worst movie I've ever watched for the podcast. Okay. It's not the weirdest movie we've ever watched on the mm-hmm. podcast. But it's up there.
1: It doesn't quite all come together for whatever reason. Right. I think there's a problem. And And then, you know, as an example of how it's just, I don't get what they're doing here. The sequence over the credits, you have a whole thing of them talking to each other whilst it's showing clips from the movie you've just watched. And then you have a claymation, stop-motion animation thing of them driving to Scotland. Even though Scotland's never been mentioned, except for the fact you've got a Scot who's working in America with no explanation why he's over there.
0: Right. But they did, I mean, he wore a kilt for the wedding, so they did at least point it out there. Yeah,
1: but why does this film have a claymation ending? I have no Where idea. I was
0: watching that thinking, what were they thinking when they right? made this? <laughs> like, it's so bizarre. Like, because they did claymation characters of everybody, right? They did the angels. They did the weird backwoods neighbor. Mm-hmm. The goose that the car hit while it was driving. It's so flying. strange. Yeah. yeah, it's really weird.
1: And that's, that's, ju- that's a big example. But just an example of how, as the film goes on, you're like, where has this come from? Why, why have we taken this left turn into this new plot? about yeah, cause it, and, and it even feels like there's a point where there's a resolution. And then they tack another 10, 20 minutes. You're like, I don't understand. You haven't told me what's going on. I'm not yeah. running to catch up now.
0: So the, the, the basis of the movie comes from the fact that the angels have this mission to get Robert and Celine to fall in love. Mm-hmm. And somehow they decide... That if they make him lose his job, evict him from his house and repossess all of his belongings, that's going to push him to go confront Mr. Neville, who is Celine's father. Mm -hmm. And that's how they're going to meet and start the story to fall in love. Like, that is the most bizarre thing ever. Yeah. Like, in what world is that setting up two people to fall in love?
1: And I could see that plot being done. But it, like you say, it just, it has all these turns to get there. Mm -hmm. Rather than just, he ends up in the car with her, and everyone thinks she's abducted or something, and they end up falling in love, because they break down near a a cottage or something. And
0: Well, see, but that would have been the more traditional rom-com, and this was Mm. not a traditional rom-com.
1: No, No, it's so, it's just... Although...
0: The description of the movie and the cover the poster for the movie make you think it's a traditional rom-com.
1: Okay. Oh, which which cover did you see?
0: Uh the two of them kissing.
1: Okay. With the gun behind the back.
0: I don't even remember seeing a gun, okay. but that doesn't mean it wasn't there.
1: Cuz I think I think that is like the classic cover. It's the two of them kissing and like she's got a gun behind her back and it's all kind of blurred at the edges as though they're like mm-hmm. in motion. It's a fast caper thing. Which, uh, th- th- that's the thing oh, that yes. makes me think of True Romance. Like, because that is this, you know, two people in love going on crazy capers and so on. Mm-hmm. But this film isn't quite that for whatever reason. And the characters, or almost, here's the thing, the characters aren't as outlandish as they should be. When you think of the characters in Oh Brother, the characters in Big Lebowski, Pulp Fiction. You know, you could say the name Butch or Zed or something. You're know, like, oh, well, yeah, that was quite a thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you know, Stanley Tucci's a bit weird, but I have no idea what his character's called. And if you tell me Elliot. that character... Elliot, okay, it, like, there's nothing there that's going to stand out. Ian Holm, highfalutin businessman. Ian McNeese is the butler stroke valet hitman something. I don't know what, but... <laughs> right. They don't quite give them enough to be like, "Oh, that's such a memorable, interesting character."
0: I think Holly Hunter is the most memorable character in this, yeah. and that's just because her character's so inconsistent. But I think okay. that inconsistency is intentional.
1: Mm. Mm. She's a character of wild emotions, and yeah, I—I I loved you saying that she's quite sexualized. Because it's a real, that, that for me is the most interesting sort of aspect of it. Because she is, she's like reading romance novels and the way she like lounges about and makes these sort of mmm noises. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this woman's really enjoying herself and owning it mm-hmm. without it being, and she's got a low cut top and a small skirt or. You know, it's Holly Hunter. Oh, yeah. It's not someone who, tend, I think, well, I haven't seen huge amounts of her stuff, but tends to do sexualized roles. Mm hmm. But yet, she's really sexy in the stuff that she does. Great. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And Delroy Lindo's just grumbling the entire time.
0: That's what he does, though.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
0: (laughs) I um, was looking up the pictures from the film to look at the posters, and I am reminded of the extraordinarily dark left turn this movie took when she decided to take a razor to her arm. To get enough blood to write the yeah. letter in blood?
1: <laughs> right.
0: Where did that come from?
1: I mean, and that's that's on top of her thing of they sent a pint of her blood first time she was kidnapped. And like the, the, when she talks about the first time she was kidnapped, you're like, oh, there's more going on here than just a comedy or something.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And, and that's already quite dark, but you can see how, how hard it has made her against the world, all the stuff mm-hmm. dealing with her father and where she is. Hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's a very It's a delightfully strange movie mm-hmm. that I don't know if I would watch it again, but I'm glad I have watched it at least once.
1: Okay. Interesting.
0: <laughs> I think that's where I land on it. Like I don't have any favorite moments mm-hmm. particularly because it was just so weird. Okay. <laughs> um I think the worst thing I and you may disagree with me on this. I think Cameron Diaz's performance was the weakest.
1: Oh, interesting. Ah. It got
0: better, but okay. it started, like, the beginning of the movie was really rough. Right. Um, Up until she was with Ewan McGregor. Okay. It was really rough. Um, but everybody else, I mean, their performances were really good for what they were trying to
2: do.
1: Because, mm. you know, I talked about the point where they're on the phone, her coaching him how to be a good kidnapper. Mm-hmm. there's the bit later where she has to be on the phone basically screaming to show <laughs> yeah. how much peril she's in that's an extraordinarily good performance yes i i it, as soon as that comes on you're like she's really selling this and you and because you know it's not true it's not real yeah. you know you know that she's going to stop doing it and then just go back to normal
2: right
1: like, right this, this is a, a woman who can act yeah really good yeah yeah What about so? What for you that the left turn it takes when he does get up to do his bit of karaoke, and suddenly they are styled like singers from the seventies and dancing mm-hmm. on the bar together in this sort of fantastical music video sequence in the middle. <sighs> I thought you I might don't enjoy know, it,
0: it. I I did enjoy it. It it fit into the weirdness of the movie. Okay. You know, because they were still trying to sell the story, mm-hmm. and if if he hadn't gotten up there, it would have broke the story, right? It would have yeah. messed everything up. I was surprised that she got up there and sang with him, but I liked it.
1: Mm.
0: I don't know i I thought it was cute. Mm. It it's a scene right out of any number of other rom coms, right? Like, it,
1: yeah, it it feels like they want to do like the dance sequence in the middle of Pulp Fiction. Again, a very mm. memorable scene. But
0: it wasn't that memorable. It, it, yeah. It doesn't
1: quite get there, does it? It's just like, yeah, oh, this is weird.
0: <laughs> it reminds me more of. Um, do you remember when we watched 27 Dresses mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they did Benny and the Jets? Right. In the bar. Yep. It reminds me more of that, even though that didn't have the stylized, the fictionalized clothing. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we didn't get that flash of the alternate reality where yeah, they're all right. styled mm. but it, it felt like that you know two people falling in love mm. in a bar singing
2: to each other
1: nice so. yeah it's nice it does what it needs to the the title like do you think they want it to be that there is this sort of dual way of taking it that and mcgregor is a lifeless ordinary was it always right. supposed so. to be just a life less ordinary? There, you know, she's wanting something because she's bored with the fact she has all this money and nothing to do, mm-hmm. and he just wants to have the job and the woman and get on with life.
0: I don't know. I don't give as much thought to titles as you do. Okay. Um, to me, titles are generally just placeholders. Mm-hmm. Like I hear the title and okay. I associate it with the thing that it is, and that's what it is. Okay, right? I that's how it's always been for me. <laughs> right. Um. So I, I, I don't think that title. If I tried to put a meaning to it, I don't think it fits with the movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, mm-hmm. particularly I I if that. they're trying to tie it to him because he's the one who believes in fate. He's the dreamer who believes all of this was destined to happen. And an ordinary life isn't going to give you that. No. So. I don't know. Mm. Although, apparently, according to her, she's a dreamer, too. So <clears throat> Yeah. Didn't peg her for that one.
1: No. And it's... <laughs> like, they do a nice thing where, as she softens, he... Like, she does admit, you know, she wants to be in love, and, and when she gets that letter that she thinks from him, and she is, like, blown away by it, she's like, no one's ever said this to me before. Mm-hmm. And I love hearing it. She does want this sort of love in her life. She's just scared of getting it. And she wasn't going to get it from Stanley Tucci, I think. So,
0: No, she definitely wasn't going to get it from Stanley no. Tucci. Especially after she shot him in the front well, of Lou.
1: After she shot him in the face, yes, Absolutely. <laughs>
0: thing was weird too (laughs)
1: it's so random and and like that's what sets me up for this is going to be quite funny because you've got the tension of he she's put the apple on his head and she's going to shoot the apple off and we've seen her do it to someone else so we know she's she can do this thing but he's so nervous and just it's a miracle of editing that at the last minute he goes wait as she shoots and she ends up shooting him it's just Mm -hmm. It's put together so well, but that's in the editing. Like, even as I'm saying, I'm thinking, like, you know, how did they do that? You know, so well-timed. Like, because they cut a bit of film and made it look really close. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They probably have an hour of Stanley Tucci standing there with an apple in his hair going, wait. And then someone (laughs) has to come and do his hair again and then put the apple back on and then take two.
0: he has to do it again, yeah. Wait. For sure.
1: (laughs) And he has, like, 20 different ways that he said, Wait. possibly possibly
0: hmm. Hmm. interesting yeah i mean i don't i don't have that much else to say about this one okay just it it was a wild ride mm it was a roller coaster how about that hmm.
1: and and i feel uh, this was one of my things about whether we should really talk about it or not because because i've come to it having seen so many other films and going I can kind of see it now and kind of get it more. Mm -hmm. Like I almost wish I could have gone like, oh, you know, what's these 20 films first? And then watch this one. And you'll get this film, maybe.
2: Okay. (laughs) Interesting.
1: Mm. But part of that has come from watching, watching, like the Coen Brothers is particularly the one that stands out. You know, having seen them develop their films where they started off with sort of thrillers with a, bit of comedy and romance in them of relationship stuff working through and becoming sort of funnier and softer up until the point they're doing musicals um, hmm. yeah
2: yeah. Hmm. I
0: I don't know I think I think it's okay to watch a movie where you come out of it thinking I don't have a lot to say about it but I'm glad I watched it
2: Okay, but I think it's
1: okay hmm. Yes, I, I have films that I wouldn't want to talk about on here. <laughs> I watched Before the Fall. Before I Fall, sorry. Before what? Before I Fall.
0: Before I Fall. Oh, that's why you tweeted at me that you wanted to Which read the Which
1: is why I was referencing your 2012 tweet about it.
0: <laughs> Did you go look up the... Because the review is on Goodreads. Did okay, you look I,
1: it no, I haven't looked it up yet. Because obviously I've not read the book. but like it's I quite, never
0: watched the movie cuz i did not like the
1: book. Mm. Cuz the the main actress in it uh Zoe something and i'm going to look it up while i talk. The main act- actress in it i've seen in a couple of things recently. Um mm-hmm. and, and particularly enjoyed her. Zoe Deutsch. And so i've been watching a few of other films so this was available so i watched it and you yeah, know based on a book so fine. it just it feels like it goes back in the category of netflix films that are less good versions of other films
0: yeah cuz it's basically it, the same as happy death day right
1: yeah except this is this is purely drama where happy mm-hmm. death day is sort of horror I didn't watch happy death genre cuz i read
0: day. before i fall Hmm. Like when it came out, like yeah. back in 2012, right? And then when Happy Death Day came out, I was like, that looks just like Before I Fall and I hated the book, so uh, I'm okay. not going to watch it.
1: No, yeah, Happy Death Day is worth watching because it's kind of a fun horror playing with okay. the, the Groundhog Day idea. Whereas this was just doing pure
2: mm.
1: relationship drama stuff. Which, okay. Eh, okay. Eh, fine. But no, Zoe Deutsch I particularly enjoyed it. She was, she was good in a film called Buffaloed. Um... Which was it. which was very good. I really enjoyed her in that. And then randomly saw her. She plays. I think her character might even just be called Trashy Blonde <laughs> in Zombieland Two. Oh no, it's called Mad. Oh yeah, she's called Madison. Yes. Oh, um, she's in Zombieland Two. I haven't seen. Zombieland. She's in Zombieland Two. Ah. Uh, also, uh, I've had. This has been part of the problem. I've had such a run of just uh films. Mm. And I I really want to watch something new and great.
0: Okay. Mm. We should do that for our movie next week. We haven't decided what we're watching next week yet.
1: No. But I want something new and great. And I feel like I've seen all the great films. I did see a Filipino film that I absolutely loved called Four Sisters and a Wedding. Which I think I recommended to you because it was really you good. You did. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so the next two on the list. Mewa's Wedding and Sneakers. Both of which I would like to watch and discuss with you.
0: Oh, you do? You, you really want to do want this? I actively want to. Now,
1: you've put Sneakers in green. I mean, we're going deep into our spreadsheet here on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm assuming somewhere you've heard of it and gone, oh, yeah.
0: Um, I've heard of it from you. Okay. Is that a documentary? No. <laughs> a <1990 laughs> film.
1: Can we watch a documentary about trainers? Amazing. <laughs> um,
0: Robert Redford. Robert
1: Redford. Ben Kingsley. Dan Aykroyd.
0: This doesn't feel familiar to me at all. I don't know why I put it I wonder, I wonder if it is a documentary
1: about trainers.
0: <laughs> I don't think I ever looked it up. I just put it in green. I think because you've talked about it so many times. Yes, it is a great film. All right. We can do whatever you would like to do. I'm not sold on Muriel's Wedding.
1: Because <sighs> I'm also watching The United States of Tara at the moment. And Toni Collette is an astonishingly good actress.
0: Oh, was she in Muriel's Wedding?
1: And she's Muriel. She is the titular Muriel.
0: Okay, we can watch that then.
1: (laughs) Hey, it's Tony. To the woman in North Carolina.
0: Yes, yes. yes. All right. Um, we can have those be our next two movies. Which one do you want to watch first? Uh, Muriel's wedding. Muriel's wedding. All right. Wow, people are really getting the secret of the sauce in this episode.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, but presumably you know nothing about it then.
0: No. For some reason, I feel like it's a little, like a lesser-known movie, and it's got the word wedding in it, and so I'm stuck on Four Weddings and a Funeral, being a lesser, not maybe lesser-known, but I don't know. It, I, I don't want to watch Four Weddings and a Funeral again, and I'm afraid it's going to be the same. Okay. That's kind of where my hesitation is coming from.
1: Okay. Yes, it's a lesser-known film from Australia, and it's the thing that made Tony Collette. Very famous.
0: All right. Well, I really like Toni Klepp because
1: yeah. so. she is Australian. So, if you want I to I did know where. not know that. Yeah. I've mm. never
0: heard her do anything other than an American accent. Yeah.
1: Because we liked to in Knives Out. Mm-hmm. I think you've seen Little Miss Sunshine. I have not. Oh, okay. She's the first
0: thing I ever saw her in was The Sixth Sense. Okay. And then she did a movie with Cameron Diaz called In Her Shoes, mm-hmm. which is fantastic.
1: We liked her in Fright Night.
0: Yes, Fright Night Yes, as well. Yes. Like, I've never seen her in something I didn't like, but no. I've never seen her not be American in a movie I've seen her in. Mm-hmm.
1: So. Okay, well, let's watch her in an actual Aussie film. And nice. I don't think we've done an Australian film before.
0: I don't believe so. Cool. Awesome. couple of firsts.
1: Mm. Okay.
0: All right. Well, that's what's next.
1: Okay. I mean, I've talked about what I'm watching. What What have you been watching?
0: Um, I watched The Rise of Skywalker yesterday, finally. Actually, oh. in the last two days, we watched two Star Wars movies. Joseph had not seen The Last Jedi either.
2: Oh.
0: So we watched The Last Jedi on Saturday, and we watched The Rise of Skywalker yesterday. Okay. Um, I have not had a chance yet to go and listen to your conversation with Laura about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, we um, cover basically all of it. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. All I remember is that you weren't very thrilled with it. No. You were disappointed with the reveal about Ray's parents. Yeah. You thought it didn't matter.
1: Hang on. In which one? Lost Jedi or?
0: The Rise of Skywalker. Rise of
1: Skywalker. Okay.
0: Like, I I have a memory of you saying that they were spent, like, half the movie setting it up. And then when they finally reveal it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I disagree with you
1: on that. Okay.
0: I actually really loved it.
1: I I think that the problem is because it comes from the thing in Lost Jedi of you're no one, you're nothing. And it it takes us away from the Skywalker family being the core of the galaxy doing everything.
0: Mm.
1: You know, it, it, it it means other people can be great
0: setup for that final, final shot. Ray who? Ray Skywalker. Yeah.
1: Because she's been adopted into this wider group and so on. But the, you know, the fact that, okay, no, again, it's, there are three families in this world that do anything. (laughs) Okay. That's fair. Which, which is basically what they're saying. Like, and you know, Bringing Palpatine back didn't need to happen. but it's, The uh, the problem is we're now even further from it and we can see like the original script had none of this. And they appear to have just been scrambling for let's win people back over mm-hmm. after a film they didn't enjoy so much. And they made a worse film in the oh, process.
0: Okay. See, I haven't read any of that stuff. Yeah. I know they had to change some things to figure out how to get Leia in there using already shot footage. Yeah. Um, it was not done well, but I would rather they have done that than anything else.
1: Well, but, but they use that as the excuse for why Kelly Marie Tran is not in that film very much. Like, they introduce a hobbit. Which hobbit was it? Right. Isn't this Dominic Monaghan? Yes. Yeah. I, I give him lots of lines of dialogue, and they say, oh, we couldn't have more Kelly Marie Tran because we needed to use the stuff from Leia. Like, but why have you introduced new characters rather than using the yeah, characters We also you had, got the and...
0: guy from um, Alias.
1: Victor Garber,
2: no.
0: no Ron no. Rifkin, no. He was also on Felicity, and he was on Heroes.
1: Victor Garber, <laughs> <laughs> no. I wish Victor Garber was in Star Wars. Frankly, <sighs> what is his name? He's amazing. Legends of Tomorrow. I have really enjoyed him. Um, do you mean Richard Greg Grunberg. Oh, well, yes, so Greg Grimberg has been in every film with and series with J.J. Abrams.
0: That makes sense. Yes, he's
1: he's the same character in the first new Star Wars, in Force Awakens. He's the pilot of flight, what was it, 817 in Lost? He's the pilot of the plane in Lost. Um, And yes, he's in 815. 815, thank you. 815, of course. Um, yeah, no, no, he's in, he's, JJ Abrams. Oh, says he's my. I didn't realize he had been in one of the earlier ones. He's okay. even, he's, because he didn't have time to film on the first Star Trek Kelvin timeline. He's the voice of Kirk's adoptive father, stepfather, the police who's chasing him, something. He's the voice in that scene, effectively, so they could wedge him in somewhere.
2: <laughs> All right.
0: Must be nice to have friends. Well, absolutely. <laughs> Keeps you working.
2: Ooh. Ooh.
0: Yep. Yeah, other than Star Wars, I've been rewatching The Hundred still.
1: Okay, nice, nice, nice.
0: I'm finally at episodes I had never seen before. So, mm. okay. I'm almost done with season five, and then I think season six is the last one. So, oh, exciting. Getting have close?
1: you, yeah, so you haven't finished it before?
2: Mm-mm.
1: Okay.
0: I started season five and then stopped. Right. So now I'm caught up, and I'm in the middle of. Well, I'm on. I think I have two episodes left of season five. Mm.
1: Would you recommend it?
0: I love the hundred. When it gets to season five, it gets a little weird. Everything before that is fabulous. Okay, right. But as a completionist, I want to. You continue. need to see the.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there's also okay. it's a
0: time jump. It's a six-year time jump. Oh,
1: okay. Cool. 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 Um. Mm.
0: So that always introduces weirdness. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it can be done very well. Alias did it very well. Yeah. yeah.
0: But no, absolutely the hundred is is great, particularly the early stuff.
1: Okay, cool. maybe I should put it on my list. Cuz I started Travelers didn't hugely get like on it. with it. So I'm I'm going to need to skip back in. It's just it's a little bit too long for the time when I'm taking breaks to watch TV at the moment. So Okay. Cuz I I have started the comeback.
0: Oh, haven't seen
1: you. uh Lisa Kudrow. As a, okay. uh actress who was on a very famous TV show, network sitcom in the 90s, <laughs> is now doing a reality TV show where she's been cast in a new show, and it's her comeback. But, that
0: doesn't sound real at all.
1: And it's, it's created by Lisa <gasps> Kudrow and Michael Patrick King, who was one of the main dudes behind Sex and City. Nice. So,
0: it's... Interesting. Mm, mm, mm. Interesting. Yes. I'm also gonna start rewatching Supernatural here soon. Oh, crikey! They are um, it, the finally they are finishing filming now. There's two more weeks of filming, mm-hmm. and they have set the release date now for the final half of the last season because you know it all got delayed. Cause it was supposed to yeah, be done by now, yeah. and it got delayed because of COVID. So October third, the final episodes start. Okay, so I'm gonna go back and rewatch the whole thing. Cause okay, why not? <laughs> Fifteen. Seasons. The whole yeah, the whole
1: thing. That's a lot to watch. Is this why you put a third T V up?
0: Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. So that both of us can be doing stuff on Destiny. And if we're not doing something together, I can just be doing like there are certain things that I can do without my headphones on. Yeah. Right? I can do strikes without my headphone, I can do Gambit without mm-hmm. my headphones, all that stuff. And I can just be watching TV. Well okay. I'm just doing whatever. Nice. So And I don't have to stop. I frequently do that, like when he takes a nap. Okay. Like I'll have his TV will have TV right. on, mm-hmm. and I'll be playing on mine. But then he comes, he wakes up from his nap, and I have to stop. And I'm like... And he's all
1: grouchy, and you need to make yes. him a, a snack, some apple. And, then and he has to yeah. wait
0: for me to be done. Now we don't have to worry about that. Nice. Three TVs in our living room. We are utterly ridiculous,
2: I Amazing. understand.
1: I mean, that's kind of the off it, I had in my early 20s, where I had, like, <laughs> TV and computer, and I would be watching a DVD. Back when you used to get DVD rentals through The Post. Right. So I'd like get the DVD delivered in the post, watch it whilst playing a game, post it back the next day because I had three at a time. It was basically a constant cycle of new movies coming.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. But here's the thing: we're he's forty. I'm gonna be thirty eight this year.
1: Amazing! Live your best life, frankly.
0: Absolutely, we are yeah. adults and we can do whatever we want in our own house. Absolutely. And this is what we want. So, <laughs> so yeah. Cool. This has probably been more about either of us than any of our listeners have ever wanted to know about, but <laughs> cool, cool, cool.
1: It is always cool, like, hearing what you're watching and getting recommendations and things.
0: One mm-hmm.
1: I mean, of and, and it...
0: these days I'm going to actually watch something new and not be rewatching something,
1: though. <laughs> yeah, sure. sure, 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 sure.
0: I have a ton of stuff in my Netflix list. I do, so much. But I like rewatching things that I like.
1: Oh, you should definitely watch Avatar The Last Airbender. That was good. I really enjoyed that.
0: I want to watch it now that I've seen the movie.
1: (laughs) Oh, because I I understand. Like,
0: the movie was rough,
1: it looks awful,
0: but it interested me enough about the world (sighs) that I kind of want to see how it was intended to be. Oh,
1: yeah, it's a terrific world. Yeah. So, I tried to recommend Avatar to my nephew, who's nine, so perfect age for it. It will be really good for him. And his only comment back was that he's seen the movie and he really enjoyed it. I was like, Really? Really? That sounds a bit weird. I got the full explanation from his father that he went to a friend's birthday party and they watched um, Avatar. And then they were going to be putting on Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. Mm. And this was when he was four. Oh, my gosh. So my brother-in-law went and got him and brought him home. So he did not watch Jurassic World as a young, young boy. So I think it's a very good decision, frankly. Yes. Especially because he hadn't seen the first three, so you need to get the context.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, a four-year-old needs That's, movie context. You, know, you need
1: to know the canon before you go into it, surely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I can fully understand why you wouldn't want your four-year-old son to watch Jurassic World. Yeah,
1: even Avatar. I'm like, mm, feels a little violent, but fine, you know. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Okay.
0: All right. Well. If you would like to tell us what you are watching recently or make recommendations to us, especially mm. since I apparently don't watch anything new. And, and please do, because we
1: would love hearing, like, do recommendations. Like, I watched Avatar because people were going, oh, yeah, that Avatar thing is really good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Eloquent Gushing. Or you can send an email to podcast at eloquentgushing.com. Or you can mm. find me on Twitter at Mandy K.
1: And you find me on Twitter. I'm at Matthew Vose. Also, you can support us by going to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Being a supporter is amazing for us. It means we can continue doing what we're doing and what we love to do and develop new shows and put these shows out for everyone. And it also means you get access to more content, extra bonus shows that we record, early access to some of the shows, and we will send you out some physical merch, some exciting cards and magnets and stickers and so on. So that website again, patreon.com slash gushing to become one of our favorite people, one of our supporters.
0: <laughs> and we will be back next week with another episode Where as you heard before We are going to talk about Muriel's wedding Until then I am Mandy Kay
1: And I know beyond a doubt That my heart will leave me there soon oh. Somewhere We beyond... <laughs> <laughs> Pop Culturally Deprived is an Eloquent Gushing production. For more information, go to eloquentgushing.com or find us on Twitter at eloquentgushing.